This episode of Toes on the Line is brought to you by Thorn. Thorn has the most extensive line of NSF certified for sport products. To receive 20% off any Thorn product, simply go to my website, coachgeograssi.com, and become a subscriber. Welcome to the Toes in the Line podcast. I'm Gio Grassi. Today I'm bringing on my colleague who literally sits right behind me. We're about a foot, maybe two feet back to back. Um, Bree Rubino, who's you know helped me out through my time here at Monmouth, um, showed me the ropes of how they kind of operate. Also helping me with most of the sports science stuff here when it comes to using our Sparta plates, our polar GPS heart rate stuff, um, anything like that. She's a nerd. I'm a nerd slash gangster at the same time. Um, you know, we love bouncing ideas off the wall with each other, you know, when it comes to, you know, how we want to analyze things and shit like that. So I figured, Brie, why not get on the podcast and just talk about this stuff, man? Talk about things you love to do. You know what I'm talking about? I'm ready, man. I'm glad you finally brought me on here. I've been talking Let's, about it for a while now. So. I know, man. And my bad. <laughs> my bad. I market my podcast and I don't even bring my colleagues on. I did the same thing at Fordham. Forgive me, everyone. <laughs> but uh, Brie, man, just talk about, you know, you're at Monmouth, you know, talk about where you started, how you got into strength and conditioning and stuff like that, how you got into your current role at Monmouth, um, associate director, um, and how you got involved with all this technology stuff. Cause I figured, you know, a lot of people, a lot of young strength coaches that listen to my podcast, you know, that they, they shoot it, you know, reach out email wise, text, DM. Um, how do you get involved with that stuff? How do you get started with that stuff? And I feel like for me, it was kind of like, Hey, um, I don't know, just start doing it and you learn it as you go. You know what I'm saying? So just talk about, you know, your background and how you got with it. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. So uh, as you mentioned, Prue Rubino, Associate Director of Strength and Conditioning at Monmouth University. Uh, I'm in my fourth, my ninth year currently. Um, I started out at Reach Your Potential Training uh, with Bobby Smith, Adam Fight. Uh, I had no idea what I was doing. They took a chance on me, brought me on staff. was with them for two seasons. Uh, and then shortly after that, went to Monmouth University. Tim was there for his first stint. Tim Reem, our Director of Strength and Conditioning brought me on as a volunteer intern. And then from there, like really non-traditional route, kind of just climbed the ladder. Uh, started out volunteer. Next year, I was a paid part-time intern on staff, um, was promoted to an assistant director role um, all the way up until, you know, COVID hit 2020 and got promoted to be the associate director. Uh, so super non-traditional, um, you know, and in terms of finding my niche, so to speak, uh, with our technology pieces that we use, you mentioned the Polar GPS uh, and the Sparta force plate. That really was all just self-taught um, and just self-discovery, really. So I saw it as a valuable tool that we could have for our student athletes and decided, you know what, let me look into, you know, everything I could possibly find out about these. Um, so, you know, we work with Corinne Robbins. Uh, she's been huge at Sparta. Chase was on before that with us. So just kind of pick their brain, ask them questions. You know, what specific KPIs do you look at? What does your software offer? Um, and same thing with Dave DeFabio over at Polar. Um, so those three have been huge in, you know, helping me kind of figure out what we wanted to look at and then reaching out to other members of our field. Uh, there are so many people, so many individuals that use this stuff and use it at a high level. Um, and I felt that it was a disservice to our student athletes if we had this technology and weren't using it to its full potential. No doubt. And you work with women's basketball, <clears throat> women's soccer, women's lacrosse, right? And softball, yep. And softball, yep. that's right, that's right. All the women's sports. You help out with football once in the blue when you feel once like it. Once in the blue. When I, whenever I need to get in there and, you know, 
when you feel like walking by a rack and yelling at a guy for not squatting too low or whatever. That's, the that's usually the extent of it. <laughs> nope, that's usually the extent of it. Word. Nice. Talk about what, what do you do with that stuff with basketball? You're actually the first person I'm bringing on that uses this stuff with basketball. I never really talked to a yeah. basketball type, you know, no, like there's like, hey, I'm a basketball guy. I'm a football yeah. guy, whatever the case is, you know, it's going to be a long conversation. Talk about how you use it with basketball. And then talk about the importance and how you use it with soccer. Do, do you do polls with soccer? I'm not 100% sure. Women's soccer, do. women's lacrosse use it. Yep. They do yep. use it. Okay. So talk about those, the differences, what you see, like certain KPIs that you look for. Because I know soccer is huge on, like the whole world of soccer uses GPS. And if you don't, you're probably, right. you know, don't have the funds for it, but you want it. But uh, let's start with women's basketball, man. Like let's start polar and let's start women's basketball. All right. So women's basketball, the biggest thing for them right now, we're in the bulk of our offseason training. Uh, so what you want to make sure is that I'm planning my off-season training based on what our practice loads are going to be. Um, so we want to make sure that they're ready to go when we get back in September and coach immediately starts increasing practice volumes. Can we handle that? Then can we go through, you know, our preseason, our practices prior to that first game? And can we simulate what those game loads are going to look like in our practices? So we've had the polar system. I believe this is going to be year six. Um, that we've used the system. So we've got tons of data, uh, plenty of data points. You know, obviously we're moving to the CAA conference. So need to level up in terms of that. Um, but, you know, I'll, I'll just break it down from there. So, okay, we had X amount of games last year. We had X amount of practices. You know, how many miles do we accumulate in a normal practice? I want to make sure that, you know, you don't obviously want to drop the hammer first week uh, in terms of total volume, but you want to progress into what that, practice volume is going to look like. How many accelerations, decelerations do we have? Basketball, there are a ton of changes of direction, both at high speeds and at lower speeds. So I want to make sure that whether I'm getting it in through, you know, some kind of change of direction training, um, whether I'm going to incorporate extensive or intensive plyometrics for the week, am I going to expose them to the amount of volume they're going to have so that we can minimize the risk of overuse injuries that tend to pop up, right? You intend to have your patella tendonitis, your Achilles tendonitis. Can I mitigate those injuries and, and decrease the risk of them? Um, that's basically how I program my off-season in terms of conditioning. Then it's a whole nother thing when you start to look at recovery in between sessions, right? When you get in-season, you want to make sure you're managing workloads. You don't want to undertrain. You don't want to overtrain. You're right kind of in that sweet spot. So that's where the acute to chronic numbers come in. Um, making sure we're not doing too much in too short a time. You want to have that progressive increase. Um, and the way that I do that, I'll calculate out five different KPIs based off of all the raw data that, that Polar will give me. What's our mechanical volume look like? So again, we talked about X amount of miles. I want to know what the mileage looks like. I want to know what the distance per minute looks like too. And then I'll look at the mechanical intensity. So there I'm looking at my uh, high-speed distances. So Higher speeds, what those outputs look like. Are we just walking around through a walkthrough or are we sprinting up and down the court? Um, we play with pace. So we're looking to run, run the other team out the gym. So we have a very large percentage of, you know, speed zone fours and speed zone fives. Um, then we're going to look at the internal intensity. You can't just look at the external. The polar also does the internal. So I want to make sure that we're hitting the correct uh, energy system. For the most part, basketball's played 85% max heart rate plus. So we'll make sure that we're hitting that. You also want to have that aerobic capacity first, though, right? You can't put the horse before the cart, so to speak. You want to make sure that you have your base 
and then build from there. Uh, we'll also look at impacts. So we talked about the accelerations and decelerations. I look at the high levels of those in that, that KPI. Uh, you don't see a ton of the, the slower ones in games. You see more of the high speeds. So I'll look at that in my fourth calculated KPI. And the last one is kind of putting it all together. So I want to look at the physiological stress. That's going to take into account the overall training load that Polar will give me uh, with their algorithm. It'll look at the cardio load and it'll look at the muscle load altogether. So I want to know how it affects you as a whole, what the cardio level looks like, and then what does that look like at the muscular level as well? Interesting. I ask you these questions every day and I still don't know <laughs> what's going on. <laughs> Talk about muscle load. You know, I'm so lost with that and I'm just trying to understand it because that's like a metric. Like everyone knows training yeah. load. You get training load with catapult, you get training load with polar. Um, cardio load, you only get with a, I guess a polar or typical heart rate monitor, but they won't give you like an actual load for like what internal intensity. Right. Um, right. Right. Muscle load is something I'm confused about. Always, <clears throat> always. You talk about it. You try to break it down. Just briefly talk about what is muscle load and like kind of how that formula like formulates into like your your metric and how you look at it. Yeah. So that's it. More of the local level. Right. So muscle load, it, it's going to it's Polar's way now to it, take into account the way the body performs. Uh, so you don't want to load the body too much the same way you don't want to load the cardiorespiratory system too much. Um, and again, they have their different power zones. So power zone one through five, same as the cardio zones, same as their speed zones. Um, but it's going to take into account the body mass, the body weight. So obviously you want to talk about football, 350 pound lineman is going to have a large muscle load just because he's got to move 350 pounds compared to, you know, maybe one of my soccer girls who's smaller and is in the midfield. She'll have a high load, but relative to, you know, her being maybe 150 pounds, compared to the 350 pound lineman, it's going to be totally different. So it's just a way to like standardize it a little bit, I would say. Okay. And you, you get that old, like your, what, what'd you say again, your physiological stress? That, what was it again? Yeah. That'll go into my physiological stress. Okay. How do you calculate that again? So physiological stress is going to take the training load plus the cardio load plus the muscle load and then divide okay. by three. Okay. Okay. Gotcha. Gotcha. And they, and they kind of get like an output number of, uh, you know, where you're looking at. Exactly. Um, those, those five KPIs are going to be on a sliding scale. Uh, they'll look at percent, the change in percent between what we accumulated today mm -hmm. versus what we've accumulated in the past 90 days. Okay. I so do that. So I was, I was going to say, even if yeah. someone's training load is like 50, that's like nothing. Mm -hmm. right? right. Right. Cardio loads probably let's just say 70 for that session. 350 pound guy, we, <laughs> right? Big lineman, right? If his muscle is 300 for that day, say he didn't even run, you know, he didn't hit zone four or five in his speeds. Is he it, right? But his muscle load's still high. Is he, is he still going to be like considered a highly physiological fatigue person tomorrow or that, that day? That's where I like, that's where I like my calculated scale here. Cause what it's going to do is it's going to standardize it for you. So okay. yeah, his number is going to be high, but in terms of the past 90 days, if that was like your walkthrough game loads are going to be astronomical compared to that gotcha game load would be like 800 for like just saying it's not going to be but yeah just right, saying exactly. it might be 800 okay gotcha okay now how do you scale out because i swear to god I, I turn around and i see what the hell you're doing on your desk and i hear you talking to yourself how do you scale out your right basketball smaller team you can manage them better than a football team where you got kind of got to manage positions 100 100 right? how do you manage your starting five slash your sixth you know woman slash six man that comes on and off the court versus your younger guys, your 
freshmen, your red shirts who don't get on the court as much. Like, let's just say 40 minutes a game versus two minutes a game. Like, kind of how do you manage that stress when you come back into the weight room the next day? Or is that something that you're still, I don't know, I'm just like talking out loud. It's like shit that I think about. Yeah, no, it's, it's something that we do. We have what we call like our developmental squad. So yeah. the squad or the low minute squad, you could call it too. Um, you know, those who aren't going to see much time and it's not always the same every game. At least it wasn't this past year. We'll see how this year goes. Um, but, you know, it, it could be anybody on any given day. If we could have one of our starters in foul trouble, maybe she only plays 20 minutes. So what we'll do with that is I'll supplement uh, some low volume, um, high intensity assault bike sprinting. Okay. So, we'll, you know, whether that's post game, whether that's next day, um, when those high minute guys are going through a recovery session, maybe they're hop- hopping on the bike real quick. Maybe they're hopping on the Versa climber now that we got that sucker in there too. You know, plan on using that a ton also. Um, just so that we're filling that bucket and then you're not teetering, right? We talked about that sweet spot with the acute to chronic. You're not detraining because you played, you know, significantly less minutes the other night. Mm-hmm. So we're making sure that you still have that stimulus. You're still being stressed. Uh, but it, again, you're not going to see the volume that a 40 minute person is going to see. You're not going to have that risk of overtraining. Gotcha. Okay. Cause that, that's something like everyone always talks about it. And I feel like Tim and I talked about it last year. Like, Hey, do we run our bench guys more? And I was always like, yeah, give them more volume in the weight room too. Shoot. They're not doing right. anything on right. Saturdays. You know, like if, like for football, for example, because I honestly, I don't know basketball schedule like that. But football, you got uh, Monday off, Tuesday, Wednesday, we're going. Thursday, you know, shorter practice periods, but we're still going. Friday's a walkthrough. Saturday's your high intensity day. That's your game. Sunday's your walkthrough. So for the guys who don't even play on Saturday, that's like you got a Monday off, you got a Saturday off, typically. Right, right. right. And then to be honest, you got a Friday off too, because if you didn't travel, you're right. not you getting got, those reps. Yep. Yeah, you got, you got three days off in a week, and then you're, you're only giving out, you know, four days of the week with some output. But not even that, because Sunday's like a half day, so it's like two and a half days, really. Three and a half. It's a lot. It's a lot. And like, they can easily get lost in the sauce just because, you know, you're not playing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And a larger team like football, like, it's hard. Basketball, I've got 15, 16 kids, and I'm with them almost 24-7. It's a ridiculous amount of time. But, you know, you could easily say, okay, Sundays when they have their walkthrough, you know, maybe before walkthrough, we're going to hit. You guys still do prowlers on Sundays, right? Prowlers during the season? Yeah, don't you? No, no. We run them, though, on Sundays. You could add an extra extra set or whatever right there. They do. Yeah, I think our our bench guys do or the guys that don't play, they do double. So if our starters, you know, if we're running eight with the starters, those guys are doing 16, something like that. Yeah, so you're making up for it right there. Mm. Now. I'm thinking too much now. I want to get Tim on this call now. Now I'm playing. <laughs> <laughs> so with basketball, right? Say you got a game. When do you guys play? Wednesday, Saturday? It's all over the place. I'll probably botch Mo- that. <laughs> yeah, no, it's all over the place. Uh, in conference was Wednesday, Saturday this past year. I, I don't know what the CAA is going to be. I mean, the off-season schedule, you could have up to four games in a week. Like, it, it gets insane. Okay, so say, let, let's talk, let's talk players that don't get on the court say let's just say what do you what, where's your cap off 50 percent minutes would consider you a starter or what would you say you, usually usually we say 20 minutes yeah 20 minutes so what's that it's so half, 50, it's 40 right i'm an idiot duh. <laughs> <laughs> so all right so people that play less than 50 percent. what if you got a player that you know hey she plays 70 percent of the game the first couple weeks and then that one week she's not even in a game plan for two or three games it's like all right do we push her a little bit more or 
you kind of lay back because you don't know because coach don't know like like I don't know I've never it's, a, coached it's a fine line it is a fine line because like I said every game could be different maybe the matchups one way versus another or again you've got the foul trouble contributors so maybe right. you end up in foul trouble so say um, you're in foul trouble right say yeah say hey I'm I'm on your team I'm in foul trouble I got five fouls by halftime I'm just hacking the hell out of people I'm not even getting back in does my training change should my training not does should my training change for tomorrow if you if you have a workout plan for tomorrow you, you would look at that workload, right? So it's like, okay, how much did you put out in that half that you were in there? Maybe you literally played every, every minute of that second half, of that first half prior to fouling out. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I would look at the way that the overall session rating is. So, you know, was it a hard half for you? Was it something that was easy? If it comes up easy, you weren't stressed enough. As long as the body feels good, we're probably going to get up a couple extra reps. Again, whether it's on that assault bike, doing the low impact uh, cardio conditioning. Mm-hmm. Um, I do that in season more than I, more than I run them, especially with the overuse and they're just constantly running and constantly jumping. So right. we try to try to nip that in the butt. Um, but yeah, I would, I would say like, like all questions, it depends. Okay. <laughs> you know, I feel like that's such a cop-out answer. Um, but it does, it, it depends. You're holding out. You have information you don't <laughs> want to put on the podcast and that's hundred percent fine. <laughs> That's 100% no, no, fine. no, it depends. <laughs> there are so many different factors into it. I mean, the next day's game plan, like whatever the practice plan is, that's going to play into it. Is it going to be high volume? Is it going to be high intensity? Because mm-hmm. um, obviously I don't want them doing extra with me. And then you get to coach's practice session and, and now you can't do what dirt. you're supposed to do. Yeah. Right, right, right. Interesting. I don't know. I'm going down a fucking rabbit hole right now and I love it. We love rabbit holes. I do. Got a couple <laughs> in my yard. Um, all right, so bas- so that's what you do with basketball polos. So we kind of have an idea of how you look at starters versus non-starters in a high volume, low volume. What about soccer? Yeah, so totally different animal with soccer. Um, their biggest piece is going to be that mileage. So that mileage number is, is what I'm going to base their off-season training on. Uh, right now, I'm lucky enough, I've probably got like half of our squad here uh, for summer training. They're training with me in the morning conditioning-wise. We're lifting twice a week. They're playing on club teams. Um, so they're doing a ton on their own. Uh, they're self-sufficient. I love them. They're great. Um, but that mileage piece is going to be the biggest factor. So my midfield girls that are going to run eight to nine miles, am I going to run them eight to nine miles in a session? No, but we're going to make sure just like marathon training or half marathon training, you want to get pretty close to that top level of mileage. Mm-hmm. Um, and the way their preseason works is they'll come in within the first week, they've got a scrimmage. We actually have three scrimmages scheduled this year. Um, and within two weeks of starting preseason, you, you got your first game. So it's just super high intense, not a lot of time for progression. Um, so you want to make sure that they're able to, to withstand a, they do double sessions too. So they'll do one in the morning that may be more technical and maybe the afternoon's more tactical. Maybe they're playing 11 v 11. Mm-hmm. So you want to make sure that they're ready for that volume so they can progress as they get further into their preseason. But the biggest thing that I look at with them versus other teams would be the physiological efficiency. Okay. Right? So everybody wants to talk about fitness level, specifically with soccer. You hear uh, it all yeah, the time. I was just about to ask you, I've never seen your soccer dashboards, just your basketballs. What, yeah. what is your, what are your, what are you looking at with soccer outside of like mileage? Like how do you identify markers of like, Hey, you're in the red or Hey, you're, you're not even in, in the green zone right now. You're below right. it. You know, how, how do you identify that with them? So where basketball had the accelerations and the decelerations, mm-hmm. soccer's got the sprint efforts. So okay. GPS obviously is way more accurate outside than it is inside. 
Um, and it's a longer field. So you have more time to hit that top speed that is going to register as a sprint effort. So we want to make sure we have the amount of sprint efforts that they're accustomed to. Um, again, you want to hit that mileage, but the five calculated KPIs that we talked about, they're the same. And that's just how okay. I standardize the team and the individual. So sport to sport, they're going to be very different. If you look at uh, Polar's numbers, training loads are crazy different. Like we had one of our defenders last year, uh, women's soccer. She would have a training load of like 500 every game. And that was oh, high. A training load of what? What was that? 500. 500? Yes, 500. Oh my God. Yep. Super tiny kid um, would run nine to 10 miles because she would literally be. Plays the full back, game? She plays the full game. Back okay. line would go all the way up to the front line and, and distribute, cross the ball in. Um, so we wanted to make sure that, you know, what is she used to? What is she accustomed to in mm. the past 90 days? And believe it or not, like her sessions wouldn't come up extreme. She was used to handling that kind of volume. That was just the way that she played. So, all right, so your KPIs don't change. So you're looking more of just like stress, like within like an organism, they would say in like biology, right? It's like, yeah, it, body's it's, got like tissues, tissue, tissue's going to get stressed. Like CNS is going to get stressed no matter what sport you play, right? The, the stress is the stress. Yeah. I mean, you're going to look at the okay. volume at the mechanical level, uh-huh. the intensity at the mechanical and the internal level, accelerations, decelerations, and, you know, your training loads, your cardio loads, your muscle at the end of the day. Okay. Now you do probably look at distance as well with uh, lacrosse. Lacrosse and I mean, soccer are very similar. Like yeah. You like you look at distance. Everyone like a football. I'm looking at high speed distance. Like I got the like you've, you've like we talk about. It, I got yep. my high speed and I got junk yards and I'm like, eh, do we even consider that? And then talking to Dave, Dave's like, yeah, you want to consider it because it goes into muscle load. And I'm like, wait, I don't know muscle load. What the fuck's yeah. going on? You know. Um, and whether you're walking ten miles or running ten miles, you're still moving ten miles. You're going ten miles. Yeah, it's not you're the intensity, your body but that volume miles. There. Right. Yeah. Exactly. It's like you go for a run. Right? You're going to put on all that, all that poundage. Like it's, it's still going to wear and tear on your joints. So you're walking 10, you're sprinting 10. You're still going to get beat up. I got you. Now I'm still, still going to get beat up. Yeah. People think I'm like smart with this Polish shit. I'm like, dude, I'm still like in my infancy. Oh, like, you got to give yourself some credit. No, I, I do. I do like, uh, like check it out. Right. Check it out. And you, you know, I understand positional differences inside out. Like you do, you do in, like in, intra positions, like a slot and an outside receiver, a nickel and, and the corner and the safety. Like those guys are all different. I keep telling people they're all different. Don't consider them the same. Right. No, it's, it's true. It's absolutely true. Like, how do you like, do you do the same thing with like your soccer soccer? You got to look at your position has like your wingers, your winger, your strikers, your strikers, your center backs, your center back. They're going to be the same regardless who's in the game. But a tall, do you watch soccer or not really? European soccer, no, not really. Outside of the ah. women's national team, that's about it. Ah, I don't, I don't know anyone on the national team, but like for anyone listening, that's a soccer fan. Like <laughs> your Zlatan Ibrahimovic, he's six four, six five. He's a gazelle striker. He's not like your Cristiano Ronaldo, who's a wing striker and he'll cut inside and kill you with some speed. Zlatan to kill you with just like pure strength. Lukaku, another guy, will kill you with some strength and, and some speed, but different body types. That that goes into effect with all that stuff, right? Like a six foot four striker, uh, like a five foot. Let's talk, let's talk women's soccer. Who's your tallest striker up front? Oh man. That's probably Jesse. Jesse's close to six feet. I think. Yeah. And then, and then your shortest is what? Maybe like five. They're not even like, they're all maybe like, the like same five, height five. Yeah. yeah. For the most part, we don't really have a huge discrepancy. Like you, you notice like differences with like players in the same position with different heights or like, do you not even like think of that or like consider that stuff? It's more like a body them, weight equation. Yeah. Yeah. Honestly, with them, not so much. I mean, outside of, you know, can my midfielders jump uh -huh. to get to get the uh, 
the balls in the center of the field. That's about it. Because hmm. one thing I've noticed, and people text me about it, that uh, post I had on, on the gram a while ago with uh, the heart rate data. They're like, who? Oh, yeah. Even, even the football guys, who is they're in the, that? Who they're is in the that? locker room having trivia. They're like, me? I'm the. I'm tall. I'm the second post, right? Like AK was like, I'm the second post. No, you're not. You're good. You're efficient, man. You, you go up, you recover big dog. Like my thing is like taller people. Right. And I learned this a long time ago. That heart's got to travel on a highway to get the blood to where the hell it's got to go versus like a shorter person. Like myself versus like one of our tight ends is like six, five, like a Shanti six, five. Right. His heart's going to be, have to work triple to get that blood to where it's supposed to go versus me. It's going to get there faster. Yeah. Now you're right? getting over my head though. I, fuck that. Let's go, man. I'm in this rap, we're in this rabbit hole together, big dog. We're in war together right now. Right? Does that play into cardio load and things of that nature where it's like, hey, man, taller person is going to have to recover a little bit more because of the time it's going to take. Time is always a factor to me. Time is the number one factor. Right? right. The time it's going to take for that blood to return back into the heart, get pumped out back onto the highway to the where it's got to go back into the heart. Like, man, you guys are working almost overtime on these fucking highways, dude. I would imagine that it's got to be somewhere in that cardio load, right? Or am you I think talking that crazy beating, right now? You got to think that heart's beating hard, right? Hard and fast to get that blood pumping to the extremities and whatnot. Uh, that would definitely be an interesting rabbit hole to, to start looking into that. And, you know, especially you got basketball too, right? Those are just long limbed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And <laughs> they I, are I think, long limbed. And when you look at it, like long limb people, like, okay, like you got your freaks, you got your Randy Moss, your Calvin Johnson, exclude those completely from any type of research or thoughts of things. But I think longer limb people, honestly, brief speaking, like, it's like you look at like, and I take soccer for the best example. Cause they, I think they do like GPS and heart rate data the best in any other sport. Yeah, right. Yeah. They always said, you take your lankier guys that are more like your gazelles. And you can't sprint them or run them for the length or the duration of the other guys who can tolerate it because they're going to break down faster. This car is going to end up in the fucking junkyard at some point. We don't need it to get there because we need this car to run and play for us. You know what I'm saying? They would definitely not be your most efficient. That, they, that would be for sure. They're, they they're working at such a high, their bodies are working at such a higher level to, to give you that output. Yeah. Yeah. You look at blood acidity too. No, I'm, I do not, not. Now I'm talking. That's, that's you. That's you talking about the blood acidity. <laughs> <laughs> You're the one with the acidic blood. <laughs> I told my wife, I'm like, yo, I got my blood results. I got acidic blood. Now I know why I'm so tired when I do things after like six reps or I go for like. Sounds quick... like an excuse to me. And then she, Sounds like she said the same thing. She's like, OK, you just man. don't like to run. I'm like, Sorry, yeah, right. I'm not recovering. Sorry, right. Anyway, I need like pH balanced water, but. <laughs> None right. of that rainwater anymore, right? No, nah, that's just a rainwater bottle and fountain water, <laughs> groundwater, it's groundwater, pipe water, whatever the fuck you want to call it. <laughs> um, no, nah, good, good conversation. I'm stuck in a rabbit hole now. I can't get out. Let's talk force plates real quick. Because mm -hmm. those are an interesting tool that a lot of people use. A lot of people still ask questions for it. And I was talking to someone who was I talking to about it a couple of while ago. I forget who. Uh, shoot. Who the hell was it? I don't know who it was. Literally a couple episodes ago. Anyway, the thing I said was you have a question that you want to answer, right? You do right. things, try things out. Oh, shit, you figured it out. But then you ask yourself another question. You're like, well, that disregards what I just found out. And another thing. That's how I feel like I'm with the force place, trying to find selective KPIs for certain positions. We talked about this. We did talk about this. Yeah, yeah. Right? I see you still haven't gotten anywhere. You're still still playing tennis back and forth. Got, got the <laughs> notepad right here and I'm still looking at it. All right. There you go. 
have you selected anything, any type of criteria on your force plays that you kind of look at and say, okay, this is going to be like our key fatigue metric. This is going to be our key uh, athletic development metric. I mean, there is some, right? There is some like rate of force, right? That could be RSI, could be a fatigue metric, right? But like, what do you look at specifically? So it's so funny that you just brought that up because I was literally just looking at this. We just jumped women's basketball today. So I'm literally yeah, just say, looking let, at everything. Let's talk basketball. Let's talk basketball. We'll jump um, in sport. Yeah. Well, first they jump all the time. Second, I jump them once a week. Um, and I started doing that. You know, you talk about having a theory and wanting to try it out. So our reactive strength index is pretty low, pretty low last year. So I was like, you know what? Let me see if I can come up with some way to improve that, you know, what can I do in my training that is going to be the reactive strength index specific? Um, that's obviously still going to be sports specific because you don't want to get too far away from that and just go down the, the science and number rabbit hole, right? So I started introducing extensive plyos. And that idea actually came from Jay DeMeo at Richmond. He put through his Instagram a bunch of different extensive plyometric series that he was doing. Um, alongside his off-season training plan and holy shit it works like i'm sure there are other factors that plays into it but this is now our third week of training obviously the first week you would assume that it wouldn't be great because we're fatigued we're just getting used to that stimulus of training again last week it was up a little bit this week nearly every single one of my athletes has an increase of at least a tenth in their reactive strength index Hmm. Whether that was extensive plyos or not, maybe they're just getting better. Or it could be because you, you get t- like tendon resiliency doing extensive plyos, right? So you get a little more like sp- you get, little you get stiffness, more springs. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Get, get a little stiff yeah. in the tendon there. You got more spring yeah. action going on to you. What gets, I'm thinking now, now I'm fucked up in the head. Oh my God. I'm going to think about this all night. <laughs> what gets what gets sacrificed because you always it's like a blessing and a curse, right? You work on one thing and it's like, oh man, but right, something's something got to give. Right. Well, I have the extensive plyo one day. Another uh-huh. day I do my intensive plyo. Right. Uh-huh. Let's work on our rate of force development. We're getting stronger. We're increasing the weights on, on most of our uh, weight room lifts, but our rate of force production can still improve. Right. Um, and especially with basketball, like you constantly put force down into the ground to jump higher and get up, get the rebound, contest a shot, whatever it may be. You're constantly going against gravity. Mm-hmm. So again, Focusing on mechanics, females, obviously you want to make sure you're taking care of the hips and the ankles and the stability there. So you don't, you know, have those dreaded ACL tears that unfortunately happen so many times and it's a shame when it does. But again, our rate of force development also increased almost every single person. I think there were like one or two who didn't uh, within a week. So again, is that my intensive plyometrics? Is that from doing, you know, our single leg, double leg, plyometrics in the weight room mm-hmm. is that just from getting stronger in our squat and in our deadlift it's from something but again that kpi went up also this week it's gotta be from the plyos because that's the only way to improve it you know you know i'm looking at my notes right here i swear to god i want to say andrea hudy said this when i heard her uh, listen to her speak um on a virtual conference back in like 2019 i think it was or 2018 i think i'm pretty sure it was 2019 it says women. Um, this is for women. I just wrote women and underlined it. Um, <laughs> eccentric rate of force was more was most important and provided a more protective effect 
and those athletes played more minutes in basketball. Is that something you see or is that something you never saw before, never thought before? Is it something you can look at now because I just threw it out there? But it's, I just I'm looking at my all these. I got a notebook. This is all force plate and like GPS stuff. All right. Just in that one notebook. There <laughs> you go. Bang. I saw it. There it is. Women underlines. So yes. I wanted to ask Bree this. Um, is that something you see? Because obviously eccentric force, right? You develop that decelerative mechanism. Right. Um, your hamstring tendon is more stiff, so you don't get that shift in your tibia that kind of pops the uh, ACL. Um, you'll be able to decelerate faster, more efficient, and potentially reaccelerate if you got that component. Um, do you notice any of that? Like with your starters, like they have higher rate of forces or essentially, or, or not, not so much in like a starter bench. Um, okay. Situation, but I mean, yeah, it makes sense. Right. Most injuries happen when you slow down, when you decelerate. Mm -hmm. So if you have the ability to slow down efficiently, probably not going to hurt yourself or at least the risk of hurting yourself is less Mm -hmm. basketball. They're jumping. Every time they shoot the ball, they're jumping. Anytime they contest a shot, they're jumping. Um, heck, half the time they go around screens, they jump. So you're constantly going against gravity. You constantly have that increased force because now you've got your body mass on top of the gravitational constant. It's a lot of force. So, you know, Alan Bishop will talk about his eccentric training a ton too. If you want to go down that rabbit hole, you know, should you be doing some kind of accommodating resistance you know, having heavier eccentrics. I Probably think not so. a bad idea. Probably not a bad idea. Yeah, yeah. You get some of those, uh, damn, what are they called? Lord have the mercy. The releasers. Yes, releasers. yes, yes. Weight yep. releases. You get some of those. Yeah, you'll Would get, you'll love get some. to have some of those. That'd be yeah. fun. We can, we can invent them. Go to Home Depot. I'm sure. Right. Not a handy, <laughs> not a handyman right here. That's, that's not me. That is not so, me. How do you, do you use the, I only, we only use force plates with football. I don't use it. I kind of try to use it with baseball, but there's nothing really yeah. out there. That's, I mean, they say like, Hey, jumping and elbow injuries. And I'm like, dude, listen, I, I, I can't really buy into that that much. Like, yeah. yeah. You know, what, like, what do you see with like, do you do it with soccer? Soccer does it. Um, they're just not at the rate that basketball does it. Basketball does it every week. Women's Got- lacrosse for the most part was about once a week. Okay. Sometimes it was every other, um, uh-huh. but they're, they're, both of them have been pretty consistent and they're totally different scans. Oh my God. They're totally different. Yeah. What do you, what do do you notice like difference between, obviously, I mean, this might be like a, like a uh, common sense question, but like what, what differences you see like between basketball, soccer and lacrosse mainly. Yeah. I mean, so outside of like jump height, obviously. Yeah. Yeah. Jump height definitely changes things. Um, Basketball players, they know how to jump. That's another thing. So okay. the learning curve there is completely different. If you tell a soccer player, unless they're in the midfield going for those balls, maybe, maybe they'll get the header that way. Um, women's lacrosse though, they have no idea how to jump. Hmm. I'm constantly teaching them phase one. Here's how you do a vertical jump. Here's how you stick the landing. Um, Cause you tell them just jump. They're like, Oh, okay. I'll just hop. And they mm-hmm. kind of just hop on the force plate and you know, you kind of see what that data is. And unless you're there to cue them, you're not really getting reliable data from that. Right, right. Um, typically, though, starting out, the drive posterior chain is usually pretty low. Um, in lacrosse, all female sports, all at least that I've, okay. At least most of them. Women's basketball, we've corrected that. Women's soccer, we've corrected it. Lacrosse, we've kind of is that is, it is decreased that, the gap. I was gonna say is that is is, is that because women are more um what is it quad dominant? Yeah, could be. Yeah, I, I bet I bet there's a study somewhere that 
that would show some kind of strong correlation to that. What you notice any, any, like you look at the raw data, obviously. Right. So what, what do you notice anything there? Like acceleration Honestly, across sports. When I'm, when I'm looking at my load explode and drive, that's how Sparta breaks it down. Right. Mm-hmm. So they've got the load, which is how well you put force down into the plate prior to jumping. Your explode is how well you transfer the force that you put into the plate up into your jump. And then your drive is that impulse, right? So how long can you prolong that force? Those are the three metrics that they break it down into. Um, And I don't really look outside of those three. Like I won't look at the raw data and be like, oh, well, this is why the load is high or this is why the drive is low. Um, I'll just take, you know, the load exploded and drive values for what they are Mm -hmm. um, and then kind of reverse engineer. So basketball is an interesting situation. So we've got coach came to me when she first got here was like, Hey, we used to do this thing at Penn state called training block. And essentially what it is, is it's weight training outside of the weight room. Okay. Um, so like I'll go out onto the court at practice and we'll have a segment that maybe I'll have some bands out there. Maybe I'll have some med balls out there. Um, and we can kind of individualize training there without, you know, being in the weight room, dealing with barbells and, I mean, it works great from a scheduling standpoint, obviously. Um, But there, you know, someone who's a low drive, okay, we're going to make sure we're activating the glutes. And they probably have tight glutes, believe it or not. So I'm going to hit the glute, make sure we're loosening that up, um, and then I'm going to activate it. Somebody with a low explode, they tend to have a leakage somewhere in the core. So we're going to work on bracing patterns, whether that be a dead bug, whether that be – you know, a Copenhagen plank, hmm. um, something to that effect. Somebody okay. with a low load, they either <clears throat> aren't great at triple flexing. So first I would make sure that ankle joints moving, believe it or not, you'll see somebody who just recently sprained an ankle that they won't, they'll have a low load mm-hmm. and you sit there and you're like, well, your load wasn't low last week. Did you do something to your ankle? And like, oh yeah. I twisted it yesterday. Oh, well shoot. There it is. Um, or they don't have a great rate of force production. So, you know, you'll hit them with, um, you know, whether if it is that dorsiflexion issue, you'll work on your dorsiflexion or rate of force development. So like a mid ball reverse overhead toss or something to that extent. So again, simple exercises, but it cues them and gives them exactly what they need in the added volume that they need. And then you watch over the course of a season, over the course of, you know, a career, how those numbers kind of sort of balance themselves out. Mm-hmm. The more balanced you are, the less prone to injury you are. Do I decrease injury? No, I don't, but I'll do everything possible and make sure that we decrease the risk of it. Um, and that's, that's been something that's also been, you know, super valuable to us in our program. How do you, so you said you reverse engineer a sport, right? From yeah. ha, Like, is that how you do it? What you just talked about? Or is like, this is something totally different. No, you just, you, I mean, it's like anything when you first get a sport and maybe you're not familiar with it, right? Like rowing. Mm-hmm. Okay, let me look at the mechanics of rowing. Let me look at the energy systems with rowing. Okay, now I'm going to break that down. And this is, these are the exercises we're going to do. These are the movement patterns we're going to do. And this mimics this and this mimics that. That's really all it is. Okay, now you, you do have, I think I noticed in your workouts, you kind of throw them on the TV there. Mm-hmm. Like, like someone, like they would know if they got a low load, low explode, low drive. And you kind of individualize that throughout the course of whatever season or. So literally specific to today, right? So today was Okay, that, I was going to ask you, do you do piece. that in the summer too or no? Yeah. So that's part of that piece. We jump. As soon as I get the results from that jump, I'll immediately tell them what bucket they're in, what group you're in. Gotcha. Okay. And then when we get to that portion, it's okay. 
right into your bucket. And they're like, oh, okay, great. Um, I'm load today. I'm explode today. And they change week to week. Does it really? Women's look, yeah. Women's lacrosse will do the exact same thing. Okay. Um, Cause I'll, I'll pick the one that's the lowest. Right. So it may not, you want each one to be 48 plus mm-hmm. load, explode, drive 48 plus, but you also want them to be balanced. So for example, if I have a kid who scans a 52 low load, excuse me, 52 load, a 48 explode, and maybe a 56 drive, right? Mm-hmm. Really well balanced, pretty good scan. The explodes the limiting factor there. So they'll be in the explode group. Gotcha. Okay. And that's it. So say like next week, they're like, they got a low drive. You just put them in the, in the drive group. Then they'd be in the drive group. Yeah. Hmm. Yep. What's a good, like, do you want all the, like, I don't look at them. I, I you know me, I take all the raw yeah. data and I kind of sort the shit out, but give a headache at the end of the day. But um, do you want them to be balanced? Like load, explode driver. Do you kind of want like, cause they, they sent me stuff and it's like, Hey, if you got a scrambling quarterback. This is what you're going to see. If you got a pocket, this, cap, yeah. this is what you're going to see. And I'm like, well, I don't know. Like, do we, I mean, do we want to develop certain people a certain way or is that going to hinder their overall development? I would argue, because obviously you don't want to take away from what makes them special and what makes them athletes, right? You mm-hmm. don't want to do that. But I would argue for the sake of decreasing injury risk, right? If I have somebody who is 120 load and a 19 drive, mm-hmm. yeah, we're, we're not, we're going to focus less on the quad strength development and we're going to focus more on the glute activation. And we're going to see if we can at least get that 120 down, you know, some ways and get that drive up some ways so that mm-hmm. it, you know, decreases that gap. But would I say like, I want a 50, 50, 50. I, yeah. It'd be great for injury risk, but are you still able to play your sport? That, that'd be like a whole different rabbit hole. Yeah. 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 Cause I feel like it's like certain, that's why I was trying to like identify like positional stuff. Cause I'm like, yeah. Cause you know, in football, even in basketball, it's like your post players are not going to operate the same way. Like your guards, you know what I'm saying? It's like, there's like two different positions, obviously big time, you know, like your, your post players are going to body people. Your guards are going to try to evade people and stuff like right. that. And in football, you got skilled and, and linemen, but um, I don't know, man, I'm just like stuck down that thing. You know, one thing I did notice, I'll be honest with you. When I look at um, one of the acceleration metrics to one of our receivers, and I, was, I think I was telling Tim about it. I'm like, you know what? This guy's always lagging. Like whenever we start a drill or whenever the ball snapped, he doesn't start good. He doesn't have good acceleration, but he runs fast. Like once he gets to the top flight, he can go. And that kid don't believe me. I think I know who I'm, I'm not going to say his name. You probably know who I'm talking about. He's always like, nah, nah, nah. I'm, I'm running fast. I'm running 21 miles per hour coach. I'm like, yeah, but you're not starting fast. You're, you're behind. And I remember when I showed, when we talked to the coaches at the end of this um, off season about each guy, you know, and one of the coaches, uh, I think Coach Cal was like, hey, you know, does this correlate to that? See, it is. This metric max acceleration on a force plate has been shown and correlates back to the first five to 10 meters in linear running. The person with the highest number, right? Max vertical. Um, what am I talking about here? Max acceleration on the vertical jump, right? That person is going to be ahead within the, in the first five to 10 meters of any race, whether it's a start snap at the football, a track race, right? Now they're going to win. Who knows? But they'll be ahead within that first five to 10 meters of the start. You need that in football. This guy lacks it. But when this guy catches the ball, he might separate from some guys just because right. he's got limb length. He can move. He's strong. You know what I'm saying? So I, I, that, that's one thing I've identified, but I have not been like, that's it. That's that's the limiting. Factor. That's the key right there. That's the key. Because like you said, you never know. Guys got you know back issue, hamstring, calf, ankle for that day. You know what I'm saying? Like, like these numbers mean something just for that day. You know, I'm glad you scan every week. We scan every fucking two weeks, you know, trying to get a hundred guys to comply with a jump every, 
four jumpers. It's hard. I mean, that's that's why I do it with basketball. I mean, even women's lacrosse with the 34 of them, like it's hard to get them in and, you know, still get your lift in. Um, but basketball is 15, 16 kids. Like mm-hmm. they'll get on. They know how to use it. So they'll literally sign themselves in, click on their name, get on the plate and go. Yeah. Some of our guys have realized that the uh, the MacBook is not a touch screen at this point. <laughs> So if you ever I, see, I, I can't help you there. I can't so if, help. If you ever you see there. some of my football guys poking their finger at the computer screen, just let them know, hey, it's not a touch screen. Anyway, it's not a touch screen. Just, but no, I mean, it's it's been super beneficial that. looking at it week to week. Not only do you track, you know, how you're getting in the weight room and, and your load explode drive, um, but in tandem with polar, in season, I was just going to ask you that. I was just going to ask you, yeah. that. how do you how do you look at both of them at the same time? We're on the same page here. This is no. this is why our desks are literally two feet apart probably share a couple brain cells at this point. Uh, (laughs) But it it gives insight into recovery, right? So whatever day it is we jump, we jumped Sunday all Mm -hmm. in season long for the most part, as long as Sunday wasn't an off day. So we would play Saturday and we'd come in on Sunday and we'd jump. And yeah, they were going to be tired, right? Give me the four best jumps you possibly can. Get up as high as you can. Let's see what you got. And, you know, based on that jump height, based on the polar, maybe the polar says they had a really high workload the day before Mm -hmm. and maybe their jump height hasn't decreased. Okay. So they're probably just fatigued at a cardiovascular level. Um, Not so much the muscular level. And it doesn't seem to be affecting the central nervous system either. Um, Another kid got completely trashed one game. We played an overtime game. She played damn near every minute of it at a high level. Um, had a super high training load off the polar, came in, jumped a whole standard deviation below Hmm. her jump height, whole standard deviation. That's usually when it like red flags for me, if it's over standard deviation or if it's under, um, she was under. So, okay. That opens up conversation, right? Like, Hey, like, did you sleep last night? Did you eat? Did you hydrate? You know, talk to me. Oh, you know, I didn't really sleep a lot last night. I slept like two hours because, you know, it was such a such an intense game and I couldn't get myself to go to sleep. Mm -hmm. Okay. So not only was it muscular fatigue, she probably also had a little bit of nervous system fry too. Mm -hmm. turn around, talk to coach, have a conversation. We decreased that kid's workload that day. And honestly, it was probably for the better kid had a lower workload in practice, went home, ate, hydrated, got a good night's sleep. I think she said she had like 10 or 12 hours sleep. So way more than she's usually accustomed to. And boom, next day she's clicking on all cylinders again. Okay. So just, just a great tool, not only it's like, obviously you see data, but drive conversations, right? Uh, that, yeah, definitely. That, that's one thing we do with mostly our skilled coaches, DBs, receivers, you know, you, you, you the guys that get, the guys that get beat up. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah like, sure. like, your, like your lineman is kind of like, suck it up, dude, get out there. You know what you got to do. Block you, somebody. You go you know five feet, dude. You <laughs> go five feet. Block somebody. Oh, you, hey, get out, get after the quarterback, son. Go get them. You know, um, no, I, I think number one, it drives great conversation um, to the player. Cause I know we changed some stuff up when guys come in banged up based off, you know, like, holy shit, man, this guy had 800 more high speed yards than any other guy on the team. That is fucking crazy. Did he not come off the fucking field for practice or what? The it's insane. It's like, what's going on out there? You know, and you're watching practice and then you're talking to the coach. And you're like, eh, you know, well, we got, you know, two guys out and you're like, Bang, you're right. We do got these two guys out there. He's taking all the damn That's reps. why. Shoot. All right. Hey, coach, let's maybe put another guy in there tomorrow. And and Coach Cal did. He put another guy in that slot. And it's funny because that guy came off to the sideline saying, God, man, this, 
This, this now he was dead, him. right? Yeah, he's hurt. You know, say my oh boy Tuck was hurt coming out that slot that one day, man. But it was just for that one day. Um, but again, that's why that bench or that developmental squad training at that high level is important. So when they do get inserted in there, mm-hmm. they're ready to go. Oh yeah, you don't see that super high peak. No, and they don't get like ten tonight. surprisingly out of nowhere. Which right, is, like that's why it happens. happens you know? Yeah. How um? So you might have said this already, but we've been talking about this for months. Have you been able to cross correlate Spartan and and polar data yet, or like not even Spartan, just force plate and GPS data yet, or is, is that still like in the infancy? Are we still thinking about it? Where 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 are we at with that? Yeah, that was a pain. Um, no, we are not there yet. Gotcha. <laughs> we decided to completely redo the whole polar dashboard template. So that I know everything like you that like, into the big like two different dashboards in like a month. <laughs> that was a lot of work. It was a lot of hours. It was a lot of copy paste. It was a lot of YouTube. Yep. But we got it to work. It works. A lot of and, damn, uh, this formula doesn't work. <laughs> Gio, Gio, help me out, man. What, what's the formula I want? It's not an index match. Help me out. Yeah, no. Jesus, no, no correlation, <laughs> nothing. We're still at, we're still at ground zero. All right. Still at ground zero when it comes to that. No, nah, I'm, and I'm still trying to TBD, learn. TBD, yeah, TBD, TBNY is it to be next year, maybe, but yes, we'll um, see. now I'm still trying to find some stuff, man. Like RSI with, um, I think RSI with like miles per hour. I'm like, I think, I think those two, you could probably marry. I'm still thinking about it. If one goes up, the other has to go up. If you're running faster, you probably you have to have way more reactive strength or probably not. You could just be feeling great. You know, the wind got the, the wind blew a little bit behind you and, and got you a little push. You know, it could be. I don't know <laughs> if you're an efficient runner. You are. That's for sure. A buddy of you're mine. An efficient runner. Yeah, definitely. A former track star. But a buddy of mine literally just sent me a text like before we even started recording. Uh, what did he say? I think RSI goes down, I think, 10 percent they start to see soft tissue, not injuries, but issues like a hamstring issue, a calf issue, maybe a foot issue. You don't you, you notice anything like that or no? I haven't dived too far into that, to be honest, but I mean, it makes more sense. You're on the ground longer. Yeah. I'm definitely going to dive into that. Like tonight when I'm just, tonight. <laughs> when I'm chilling, not, not on the wall. Open a book, open maybe, a book and read. Yeah. Maybe, maybe when I'm dead in the war zone, waiting, waiting to get respawned, I'll uh, <laughs> look at something. For you, that doesn't happen often. Me, forget it. Um, I'm dead most of the time. That's why you're a genius right now. And I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> That's totally what I do when I'm dead. Yep, 100%. This was a great conversation, Bree. I loved it. I learned a and lot. I still need to learn more about muscle load because <clears throat> I'm. I still don't know. And you talked about it for 20 minutes. I still don't know. Um, I was gonna say anything else you want to touch base on before we hop off. What are you no, doing man. with basketball right now? Like I know you said, you you inserted the intensive and extensive plows. Like what else have you changed? from last year to this year that you're like, Hey, now we're starting to see different improvements in in some of our data. Yeah. So, I mean, this isn't really necessarily even data driven. This is just, you know, the coach's eye, right? We talk about data. We talk about numbers still have a coach's eye, right? Like that's still important. Let's not lose sight of that too. Um, But no, like we, we started off our season really great last year. We had a bunch of wins. And then as we got further into January and February, we just, fatigued like it just wasn't there anymore we weren't able to compete at the same level Mm -hmm. so we've just been we've had a ton of volume in the weight room um that we're just again we talked about pace of play earlier so we're constantly moving in the weight room going from set to set 
you know, if we have a 45 minute session, we're hitting about 38 total sets of work in the weight room. If we're in a 60 minute session, it's about 45 total sets. So just increasing our capacity to do work. Um, And it's already paid dividends. Like you're already seeing that their, their muscles aren't fatiguing. They're not cramping at the same rate that they were when we first started. Um, So, I mean, there's something to be said for that. And then the extensive intensive plyos. Yeah. We're starting to see the numbers change. Hmm. I didn't even ask you about the velocity stuff. You, like, do you track the velocity based training stuff too, or that that's just like, Hey, we'll just use that in the session for auto regulation. I use that a ton in season. Um, I've actually, okay. it's another rabbit hole to go down. I've been toying with starting that up. Um, when we get our whole team here in July, um, not just for the auto regulation, but for the competition piece too. Be like, okay. Hey, this is, this is the weight that you've got written for me this week. Let me see what I can move it at. Oh, I move my weight faster than you. Yeah, exactly. And again, you talk about rate of force development. There you go right there. There you go right there. Hmm. All right. Well, you're rolling, trying to get basketball, bigger gas tank. I love it. Do you have soccer on camp? I feel like I don't even see you coach the girls. We're on in there. What am I doing? You're not even there yet. I'm there. You just got there. You just got seven. Okay, at seven. Yeah, we're we're talking to Tim about what we're doing for. You're the trying session. to figure out what you're doing, and we're already doing it. We are trying to figure out what we're doing. We still don't know what we're doing. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Bree, this was good. This is good. It's gonna be a good episode. I feel it. I hope so. I hope. Here, you, I mean, you got a lot of shit. But on this for what a whole hour. Whole hour. Yeah, it's shit. Two thirty-one. Whole hour. All right. Here's the deal. I gotta ask you this question. Cause I don't know if you listen to my podcast. If you don't, who cares? Right. If you weren't a strength coach, what other career would you be into right now? And you can't say teaching. You can't nothing fucking fitness related. Can't be a chef. Cause that's corny. It's related to fitness and nutrition. Well, fun fact. Remember I didn't go to undergrad to be a strength coach. What the hell's your uh, undergrad in? It was biology. It was biology. Oh, snap. Oh, snap. Be a nurse. Yeah, no, I was not being a nurse. Um, I was very much into working in a lab doing cancer diagnostics, running tests on slides of tissue and dissecting tissue and all that kind of stuff. So. So you'd be doing stuff in the lab. I would be working in a lab. I'd be a little lab rat. Yep. Well, lab rat analyzing stuff on rats, analyzing literally. stuff. So it's not much different now. It's just Jesus. numbers. You just but, have an ant. Are you lefty? No, right handed. You're righty. Wait, righties are in. I'm holding right. the phone with my right okay. hand. Oh, okay. So you're using the <laughs> left side. So you're using the left side of your brain right now, which is analytical, right? The right side is more what creative they say. Like you're more like, yeah, which I am not, like which I am not. At yeah, all. no, you're not. <laughs> I am not creative. <laughs> I can see it, but somebody else has to put it for me. I can't, I can't actually make it. I appreciate you getting on. This is great stuff. This is awesome. And we'll do it again at some point. And we'll share better data because we're always learning. We're always working with each other and we're always doing new things with the numbers. Never the same thing. Of course. Appreciate you having me on. No doubt. This was fun.